The Cambridge Dictionary defines the verb grace as being in a place and making it look more attractive. Well, that's the thing about parenthood. Sometimes it's the last thing you think when you hear that word. But to us, for something to be beautiful, I mean truly beautiful, it has to be imperfectly perfect. There is no right way to be a parent. There is only doing it to the best of your ability. And that is what we define as growing with grace. Welcome to our podcast. Hi guys, and welcome back. Episode four, can you believe it? This is so awesome. I can't believe we're already on episode four, Kiana. I know it's kind of, it's a lot of work for sure. I think because we're dropping more than one episode, but I can't wait. Release date is hopefully next week, right? By the time that we release this, we'll have completed at least four or five episodes. That's right. So we're hoping that you can check out our website, which is growingwithgracepodcast.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram, which is at growingwithgracepodcast. Please be sure to follow us wherever you choose to get your podcast from, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify. Also, if you don't mind leaving us a review, this helps us become more visible to others who also like to listen to podcasts like ours. All right, let's get into it. So episode four, we're going to be talking about social media and parenthood and all of the good and bad things about it. So let's start with what do you have for social media? So I have YouTube, but I don't really use YouTube for content creation. I definitely have some older videos out there from my early teen years. I should probably take a look at that and see what is out there still. Uh, But I mostly just use YouTube to watch all sorts of different videos. I have Instagram where I'm pretty active on Facebook. I'm active, but in a different way, more so, I guess, PG for family. And I do have TikTok, but I'm not on it like most people are with it. I use the Reels feature of Instagram more for those short little videos. And I do not have Twitter. What about you, Kiana? Which ones do you use? So the same thing with YouTube. I did, before we did this podcast, I did try and create a YouTube channel and figure that all out. And it just wasn't for me. It was a lot of FaceTime with what goes on in my day-to-day life. And I just wasn't fully comfortable with letting people in, in that aspect, but I definitely do use YouTube a lot like you just for tutorials and figuring out basically anything under the sun. Cause that's YouTube's a great resource in that way. Learn how to do anything on YouTube. For sure. For sure. And I definitely have Instagram. I have Facebook. I have Snapchat, but it's more like a small group of people. I'm, I've been recently becoming more physically active. So I kind of, it helps me stay accountable. I have a few girlfriends who are also trying to keep physically active and we kind of snap back and forth like, yay, finish the workout of the day um, just between us. And I also have TikTok. I watch it for fun. If I literally have to kill time, that's when I pull up TikTok. And I do not have Twitter. So it's funny that you still use Snapchat. I don't think I've used Snapchat in a few years. I didn't even know that was that was still a thing. I actually send you Snapchats sometimes. <laughs> you don't like open them, but sometimes like when I complete a workout and I'm feeling good, I'm like, yeah, look at this. Like I did it. <laughs> Does it say if I open it or not? Yeah, I think so. It, it'll see. I don't use it all that often. I think like it's like a solid check mark or something when you send it. And then once they open it, it just becomes hollow. So it shows oh. that they've seen it. Yeah, I haven't been on my Snapchat in years. Hmm. Maybe I'll log in. Well, so kind of going off of that, the Snapchat that you haven't been on, 
what do you share on social media? Are there some things that are hard no that you absolutely would not share? So over the years, I guess you could say I'm sort of an open book when it comes to social media. At least on my Instagram, I've shared some pretty personal details of my life or experiences on my account. But if you look at my feed, it's mainly a diary of my lifting videos and Jeffrey's monthly photos as of right now. Before I was a mom, I posted a lot of my dog and my husband, and now I'm not posting much of them these days. Hashtag priorities, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's funny how your feed changes depending on like, almost like tagging back into the last episode, Seasons of Life, how they've changed so much. Like I'm sure what you see now was totally different from what you were seeing on your feed two years ago. Oh, it's totally different. I remember when I got pregnant, I was trying to make it so the algorithm would show me more pregnant related motherhood related stuff. Because at that point in my life, I was very into my lifting and fitness. Yeah. And that's all my feed was, was just lifting videos. And then slowly, but surely now it's, it's definitely a combination of mom motherhood related stuff, but there are some lifting videos still mixed in there with some food and things like that as well. Well, you don't just stop liking those things. It just kind of takes a backseat to other things that you have going on in life. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Kiana? What do you share on social media? So I share a pretty washed down version of myself and my family. Um, I'd say I make posts maybe once a week or every other week. Sometimes it's only once a month. I actually have to scroll pretty like you, you really don't see a lot. I do do those. um, What are those like once a day things at the top? Oh, so I was going to ask you to clarify this and say, do you mean like a story or do you make like an actual Instagram post? So you say you're saying you do the stories more often, but you don't make actual posts all that frequently. Yeah. So I do do the stories. I'd say maybe a couple times a week. If that, um, it's still very, very little or seldom. And it's hardly, you would be hard pressed to find a selfie of me anywhere, even on my stories or my Facebook. Like it's usually a family photo or it's a family or picture of what we're doing or what's going on, but nothing super personal for me. I kind of have this philosophy that social media is a necessary evil And I don't like putting too much out there for people to consume because I feel like my life is private. My life is something that is to be shared, not with the whole world, but with the people who matter. And I don't need opinions on from previous high school teachers or kids that I went to high school with or or a college friend. I don't need their opinions on what I have going on. So most of the time I usually just post generic, like happy holiday. If, if I even post a holiday picture of our family, cause Nick's very adamant about him not being on social. He has no social media at all. And he hates it. If I post a picture of him, even if it's like our family, which makes me feel weird. Cause I'm like, well, people are going to think that like, I don't like you because there's no, and, and that's, that's silly. Like I shouldn't feel like I'm worried <laughs> that people are going to think I don't like my husband or her husband doesn't like me because there's not pictures of the two of us on Facebook or Instagram. No, I get that though. The people are just different. Some people are much more private than others. So are there any hard no items that you absolutely will not share on social media? Yeah. So my husband does not like his face or his information being anywhere. So I'm not allowed. I shouldn't say I'm not allowed, but I cannot post a picture of him without getting his approval of it. Also, I don't think I've shared like, so we built a house 
I don't, I don't think I made a post about like officially selling. Like I never did any pictures of like selling my house. I haven't posted any pictures of my new house or, you know, that we built a house or any of those things. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. Cause you know, I, I seen, I seen like a quote on Pinterest and it was something like lions don't concern themselves with opinions of sheep. And I was like, you know what? That's so true. And that kind of rings into like my philosophy that the people who need to know do know the people who are a part of my day-to-day life and who are important, they know as you, you do, we talk every single day, the people who need to know do, and the people who don't, they just don't, they don't need to know. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I definitely, I, I don't want to uh, say, oh yeah, I totally agree. Cause I'm not that person. I probably, I share a lot on my social media all the time. It kind of comes into our next question. Why is social media good for you? Why do you post why, what, what is good about social media? So I like social media, especially now that I am a mom to be able to connect with others who I find relatable to me. It's really nice to see how others do things with their kids to get ideas for maybe meal planning or DIY projects, things like that. I also like to check in and see how my friends are doing or support them with any videos that they're posting. Maybe it's of their lifting and their progress and how that's going. And I, I guess I do, part of me likes the attention Mm. of social media. People will interact with me. I'll get the conversations going and it keeps me busy and gives me some, something to do. Yeah. I feel like that's definitely a piece of everyone as much as people don't want to admit that that attention is somewhat gratifying in that moment. It's like one of those negative things. Oh, eating a box full of chips or a bag full of chips is delicious and you are enjoying it in that moment. But afterwards, sometimes you have that lingering, maybe I, maybe that was like a shallow thing, or maybe it was just a fleeting feeling that you're chasing of acceptance. And I think that that's a really fine line that people have to toe because obviously you wouldn't post pictures or and no one would make posts at all if they didn't want some attention. That's the whole point of social media for people to look at other people's social medias and see what's going on. Right. Exactly. So I use social media for a lot of those same reasons, like making connections. I actually use it for, which is bad, but it's good. It's good because I enjoy it, but it's bad because I shouldn't be doing it. But I follow a lot of shopping pages and the <laughs> algorithms really get my style. So I love that they sh- they like they search through Amazon and they, like commercials that you like when you're sliding through Instagram, I'm like, they just know I needed those wedges. How did they know that was my perfect, it's like perfectly tailored fit for me and what I want <laughs> a tank top or look at that bathing suit. That would look so cute. It's not good for me, but I do enjoy it. That's so funny. I think, yeah, I, I don't think I'm like that at all. When it comes to social media, I, I pretty much ignore all of those ads that do pop up on my Instagram feed. No way. It's so good. Unless it's like bougie baby, unless it's bougie baby stuff, I definitely think I have a little bit of a problem when it comes to bougie baby stuff. I've tried quite a few of the bougie baby brands. There's one that I'm still secretly craving. Maybe we'll talk about it. Is it the stroller? Is it the stroller? It is the stroller. I want the stroller so badly. You bought the stroller. I know. I, you bought the stroller. No. And then you returned it. No. I want it again. And now you want it again. Oh my God. I know. I have a problem. Everybody has it. That's not a good reason to have it. And then listen to this. I know this is a little bit of a rant, but it's funny. I listened to this other podcast that's motherhood related. And both of the women on that podcast have this stroller. And they told me 
that the stroller, it's almost like when you have a Jeep and you know how, when you see another person on the road with a Jeep, you kind of give them like the Jeep nod. You're like, Hey, what's up? What's up? Oh my God. There's a stroller wave. There's a stroller wave. Yes. You're kidding me. Yes. It's a thing. And apparently if you have this stroller and you see another mom in the store with the stroller, you give them the whole wave, the what's up. Like I see you with your, with your fancy bougie stroller. And I'm just like, I need to be a part of this club. You're going to have to send me the link. I'll send it to you. Yeah. I want to see it because now what, I mean, maybe I need this stroller because I want to wave. I want to be a part of the club. I don't even have a kid that needs to be in the stroller, but I need to have the stroller if I need to be a part of the wave club. Why did you return it though? Because you did buy it. What made you say, no, I don't need it. So it's very expensive. Like we're talking about a thousand dollars and I think that's expensive. I'm not sure. I mean, there are strollers out there that cost more than this, but I currently have a jogging stroller that's, I'd say middle of the road. It's not like the most fancy stroller, but it's not a bad stroller either. And it's very, jogging strollers are very smooth. So I got this, we'll just tell the brand it's up a baby. And I got the up a baby stroller and I went for one walk with my husband and every little bump that we went over, I felt, and I was like, this thing is terrible in comparison to my jogging stroller. And I think I was having a little bit of buyer's remorse because I had just spent so much money on it, but it's, it's really cute and I want it to be a part of the club. So my next question is, is this a growing stroller? Like, would you be able to put, so if you're planning on having another child in the next couple of years, would you be able to put two kids inside of this stroller? Yes. So here's the thing with that. Yes, it does have like a seat adapter. So you can put a second seat on it, but you do have to pay for that seat adapter, which is another couple hundred dollars. It has something called like a rumble pad or rumble stoop, or I'm not sure the exact terminology that connects on the back. So you can actually have you can configure this stroller to have up to three, three children on it. Does that make it worth the price tag? I'm not sure. There are strollers out there that have similar looks and styles that are maybe half the price, but I don't think I'd be a part of that club with the knockoff stroller. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't get the waves. No. So kind of, we touched a little bit from the good, but why is social media bad for you? What, what do you hate about social media? What is the worst parts? Well, I guess that stroller conversation kind of ties into why it's bad for me. I definitely have FOMO, which if you don't know what FOMO is, that's fear of missing out. And social media, before social media was a thing, I had FOMO. Mm-hmm. Now that there is social media, that definitely amplifies my FOMO because I'll see what other people are doing and I'll start to compare my own life or what I'm doing. And I just will get down and feel like, Oh, I'm not having fun. Now I know deep down that what people choose to share on social media is usually the best and the brightest parts of their lives. And for the most part, most of my friends or people that I follow are probably having very similar lives to me. And they have moments where they're dull and boring and they would like to have something to do. But I guess that's one of the things that I don't really like about social media. It can kind of become this black hole where it's it consumes you. And after like an hour, all of a sudden you'll be on your phone and then you'll be like, Oh my gosh, I've been on TikTok for an hour. It can be really unproductive. Yeah. What about you? Why, why do you think it's bad? So along with the fact that I don't share all that often, I just, I feel like social media is a dirty word. It's a dirty habit. It's a, not a good thing to be a part of for more, more reasons not to be a part of it than, than the good reasons to be a part of it. I literally have to detox sometimes because I'll just find myself mindlessly scrolling, 
seeking nothing positive, nothing meaningful from this. And like yesterday, I was checking social media probably every hour. And the third hour, I was like, what am I doing? Do I really think that the up- updating myself every hour for what everyone else is doing is going to change all that much? I'm literally just wasting time. And all it's doing is, is making me like a mindless robot following in. Oh, this is what so-and-so mm-hmm. ate for lunch. Oh, this is what they're doing right now. And it's, it, I kind of usually like to keep myself off of social media unless at the end of the day and I have 20 minutes while I'm waiting for dinner to cook or sometime where I okay, I'll check in to see what everyone else has going on and then I'll get off of it and put it down. I've recently started reading books and that has been very captivating. So that's really helped with me keeping off of social media, but I definitely compare my life kind of like what you had said about the FOMO. I end up finding myself being like, oh, I'm not doing enough. Oh, my, my life isn't happy enough. Oh, look at that. They're going all of these places and I don't. And it makes me feel like I'm missing out. It makes me feel like I need to be a part of this, whatever it is that they're doing. I need to go to the zoo t- this weekend and next weekend I have to go to the beach. And it's like you book up your, all of your time and you get so caught in doing things because other people are doing them and not because it brings you joy and happiness that it just, it brings you down. Like it doesn't add to your life. It's taking from your life. And you really have to kind of step oh, back yeah. and take a look. What value am I adding to my life by allowing this social media to take a hold and decide, literally decide what I'm doing, literally decide what I'm going to be doing because that's what other people are doing. I think that's so well said. And I think you make a lot of really good points about, you know, sitting back and actually asking yourself, is this something that I actually want to do? Or am I only doing it because I want to post about it and have other people be like, Ooh, wow, look what she's doing. Look what they did. You know? And I think we actually have to ask ourselves what is truly motivating us to make these posts or to do the things that we do? Is it because it's something that we actually want to do? Or are we just doing it for likes? Likes or, or the moment. And I can't say how many times I've caught myself. I take a picture of the kids and I'm like, oh, you guys don't look good enough. It's bad, but you're, you don't look picture perfect. Do it again. And I'm on the 10th picture. My husband's like, can you not camera on their face and just enjoy the moment? That, that's usually what happens for the kids' birthday yeah. parties. And every time after the birthday party, I'm so bummed that I didn't get any pictures. But then also I'm, I didn't get pictures because I was busy being in the moment. I wasn't, you were present and you were, you have the memories. Correct. So Correct. actually to go off of that, I read, or maybe I saw a TikTok or something that this mom was talking about how she's always the one taking the pictures of her kids. She's never in mm-hmm. any of the pictures with her kids. My baby's only, he'll be 11 months real soon, but I already feel that way that I have so many pictures of him or him with other people, but I have no pictures of him and me because I'm always the one trying to make sure that we have pictures at events. Do you feel similarly? Yes, I do. However, and I- maybe it's more because I'm on this path of self-realization. And I used to be, I don't want to say vain, but I used to be very egocentrical and be like, I, I need to be a part of it. And, and you do in your own world and life, but having two kids and, and having seen all of that, I don't need lots of pictures. I just need a few. And our family pictures where I'm in the pictures with them, that's great. Would it be nice if my husband was a photographer and he caught those real moments? Yeah, that'd be ideal, but that's not the reality. That's not who he is. And I just have to accept it for where I am, what I am. And if it's something that I really feel and that needs to be a part, like I've definitely hired photographers to come to my kids' birthday parties just to take pictures of the party. 
So that way I could get those moments because I worked so hard on having that Pinterest perfect event where they have the perfect cake and they have the backdrop and the balloons and everything is so perfect. They have the matching shirt and we all have the matching shirts. And then I miss it. For example, Jack's birthday party was in April and I literally went out and bought us all t-shirts. I tie dyed them by hand. And then I used a local person who has a cricket machine and I had all of us get matching shirts. I have, I do not have one picture of us all together in our matching shirts from his birthday. Oh, that stinks. Those shirts Mm -hmm. were awesome. And no one's going to, no one's going to think to say that no one, no, I I do because I've been there and I've done that, but no one's going to say, no one came up to him and was like, Hey, I see you guys all have matching shirts. Let me get a picture of you all. So that way you can have this memory because people don't think about that. And it almost, and it almost feels weird too. I, or at least I feel this way. I always hate asking somebody, Hey, can you take our picture? I don't know why it's just a weird thing. It's still weird to ask that. Even though I'm sure people are like, yeah, of course right. I take your picture. It's not a big deal. For sure. Or I feel like I'm making a production. Usually my husband says that. He's like, oh, you're always making a production. So I'll be like, I want to take a picture. Let's make a nice picture. And he's like, oh, can we just enjoy the moment? And I think that that, that kind of ties into there's got to be a healthy balance between let's capture these moments so we have them forever, but not be so captured and capturing the moments. Let's be present. Like, let's enjoy this. And that's kind of what, at the end of the day, when I'm feeling like bummed because I didn't get a matching picture of all of our shirts that I put so much effort into making, (laughs) it's okay because the day was enjoyed. I was present. I was there for those moments and I know that they happened. And hopefully my kids will remember, even if there's not a picture that mom went above and beyond to get us here or get, you know, get, have it be picture perfect for them. Even if there isn't a picture. Yeah. You have the memories and that's, what's important. Mm -hmm. So the next question on the table is social media and kids. And I think that it's going to be interesting to hear your opinion on it, having, you know, an 11 month old who isn't really quite old enough, but it's going to be one of those things where it's like, you, you have these hopes, right. But we'll have to probably check back in, in a couple of years and see how you, what you, how you thought it was going to go and how it's going to go kind of plays out. Yeah. So my son's not even a year old yet. And obviously the big thing with young kids is the whole screen time concept. Do you allow your kid to have screen time? How much screen time do they have? Screen time is the devil. There's all of these things that that are thrown out there about screen time and how it may negatively impact your child. And obviously you do have to be mindful that there are some things out there, especially on platforms like YouTube that can be totally not appropriate for a kid or it can get mixed in. Mm -hmm. Um, there are bad people out there that do bad things. So with that being said, there are these videos on YouTube that I find to be really great for young babies. It's Hey Baby Bear Sensory, I think. And it's just high contrast videos with generic music in the background and very flashy fruit dancing, vegetables dancing, those sorts of things, clouds floating across the sky. And it has like a nice music in the background. And it's very helpful when I need JT to pay attention for a few minutes to just let him look at my phone for a minute or two while I do his bandages for his lymphedema or something like that. Now, my husband, on the other hand, is very anti-social media, pretty much like your husband. He does have social media accounts. He has an Instagram and Facebook, but he's not really active on them. I don't even think he has the apps on his phone. He maybe makes a post like once a year. So he's pretty adamant that our son not look or touch our phones. He does not want our baby to like have a phone in his hand at all. 
He doesn't want him to have a cell phone ever. He says maybe when he's in high school, he is wants to be very strict about it. Now, me, I'm not so quick to jump on that train and say, oh, I'll never do that because I don't want to be that parent who says, I'm never going to do this. And then a few years later, haha, I'm the one that's letting my kid do that because sometimes you need to flop your kid in front of the TV or give them your phone so that way they will cooperate for it a minute or two so you can get something done and keep your own sanity. But other than that, I I do know from my own experience of being a, a young adult or a kid with social media that it can be bad. And I can remember when MySpace and Facebook became really big back when I was in middle school, we had a big auditorium sit down and our principal was telling us, and this stuck with me to this day, that anything that you post on the internet is there forever. Even if you think you've deleted it, it can be brought back up. So remember when you're doing silly things that if somebody takes your picture and posts it on social media, and then, you know, 10 years from now, when you go to get a job or who knows, this could come back up and be problematic. And I try to think about that still to this day when I make posts. What about you, Kiana? Would any, any thoughts or reactions on that? Or should I jump into asking you? Yeah. So it's funny because I remember like when you were pregnant, I remember the conversation you and Jeff had initially and you, and you were kind of on board with him. You're like, yeah, my kid's never going to have a phone. And I was like, never say never, you know, you don't know until you get there. But it's easy for sure to fall into that kind of happy medium of like, I definitely don't want my kids to have social media, but, or not even social media, but to have, I I guess this is a kind of a different topic because letting your phone, like letting your kids watch like Netflix, what's the difference between allowing your kid to sit on the couch and watch Netflix versus watching it on your phone or watching a video on YouTube on your phone or watching a video on Hulu on the TV. I definitely think screen time is, should be limited. And it shouldn't be all consuming, but part of me also feels like sometimes I'm, I worry that by limiting it so much that you're not allowing your kid to fully feel the aspect of that social connection, especially with the pandemic, Grace being 11 years old and we were all locked inside. She had no way of communicating with friends. So what do you do in that scenario, right? Like, what do you do when you have a 10 year old who's at home, who isn't going to school in person because of the pandemic, and they have no way to reach out or connect with other kids their age that's, that's really, that was a really difficult time for us because it was kind of like, okay, well, do we allow her to have these, these social media times during the day where she can not social media, but connections where she can reach out to her friends and maybe play Minecraft with her friends or whatever games the kids are playing these days. I don't even know what they play. Cause that's my husband's area of expertise, but I sometimes worry that by limiting it so much, you're almost limiting some of their social aspect because we don't live in the same time that we did when we were kids and we were 10 and social media is kind of a way for the kids to connect. The kids have a lot more conversations, albeit good or bad. They're definitely connecting with their peers a lot more through these platforms. It's a good point that the times have changed and now just everything is way more virtual than it, than it is in person. Obviously the pandemic has made that more of a thing, but I think nowadays too, with kids just that's just the way people do things. Well, and that's why I hate that phrase. Well, when I was a kid and it's like, yeah, 20 years ago or 15 years ago when you were a kid that, that worked, but we're not 20 or 15 years ago. The world has come a long way. And in the last five to 10 years, the world has come so, so far. And I can't even imagine where we're going to be five years from now. I know it's, it's incredible. We're 
I, I, the kids listen to a podcast called wow in the world. It's an NPR podcast. And part of the theme song, they talk about how we're in a golden age. And I was like, what does that even mean? And basically it means like, we're in, we're in a time period where technology and information has exploded and it's exponentially exploding to the point where we're finding out things and learning things and, and figuring out just things that we could never even grasp the concept of 10 years ago. And here we are. I mean, think about it. What, how long, what, how long, how old were you when you got your first cell phone? I think I was in fifth grade. So I was probably 10 or 11. It was a track phone, mm-hmm, the prepaid. And I, yeah, it was a prepaid track phone. Yeah. And I think they still have track phones, but I, I remember like the progression of that. Like I had a Nokia or no, it was a Nextel with like the bleep button on the side. And then, you know, the, everyone cool had Verizon and they had those like sidekicks or those whatever. I forget what were the ones that they were called before, like right before they had the touch screen, they had like the one that was like an envy. I think that's what it was called an envy. And it was like the coolest thing ever because it like flipped open and you had a whole keyboard. Mm-hmm. Well, the cooler phone, I thought the cooler phone before that, I never had one, but was the Razor, the pink Motorola Razor. Those were really cool. Mm-hmm. I never mm-hmm. had one. I wasn't that cool. But then they came out with the NV2 where it had the touchscreen. Remember, like it was so janky, like to get the touchscreen <laughs> yeah. to work. It did not. And internet on the phones, like that was not a thing. You couldn't have, it was like dial up. It was like, as you're like trying to connect. Yeah. And it would like cost money to do it. Oh yes. And all you could do was just text or call. Yeah. And now can you give a kid an iPad and they have full access and reign to like, they could be in Walmart and they're like watching YouTube videos connected to the internet, which is dangerous. It's a dangerous thing, but it's also technology has come so far that it's kind of really hard to fully grasp what is right and what is wrong. And it's so personal and each kid is different. Like some kids have more responsibility than others. And you have to, all that you have to take into account. Well, and so I know from listening to other moms too, there are cell phones out there that are programmable. So that way they, they have no internet and they can only call like mom, dad, maybe you can program five numbers into it. Mm -hmm. I I do like the idea of something like that. And one of the influencers who I follow, the reason why she actually got one is because her, she dropped her son off for soccer practice and then she left the field Mm -hmm. and it turned out that soccer practice was canceled. Right. And she wouldn't have known. So her son was sitting there for two hours, just waiting for his mom to come back because she had no idea and he couldn't get in contact with her. And she felt so bad. I was like, okay, we need to get him a phone so that way he can contact us in the case of emergency or he needs us, whatever. And I was like, okay, that's a good point. But I like being able to, I guess, have that parental control or know what your kid is viewing. But I don't even know what the appropriate age for a cell phone is nowadays because like we were saying when we were 10 or 11 we just had these track phones where all you could do is call and text you couldn't go on the internet yeah there was no internet so now it's a little different like what i give my 10 year old an iphone i'm not sure i guess we'll find out in 10 years what about you Daughter, grace is what 11 she'll be 11 yeah so you made a good point um and that was one of the points that i was going to make is that sometimes your kids need to get in contact with you so i have another mom friend who has she has a couple of kids and she, they have one like generic flip phone that the kids take with them if they go on a sleepover. And it actually comes in handy because this one child has nightmares and is kind of um, anxious when it comes to sleepovers and they haven't successfully really had a full sleepover, but they 
called their mom because they felt uncomfortable going to the parent at 10 30 11 o'clock at night because the parents are sleeping and she was scared and she needed and wanted to go home and there she wouldn't have been able to do that if she didn't have her own way of communication so i think when you're leaving your kids in when your kids are at the age where they no longer need supervision 24 7 they definitely need a form of communication whether that be one of those like gizmo watches where you can only call five people or a flip phone where that doesn't have internet I definitely think having the kids be able to communicate when it's necessary and if it's necessary is important because again, you don't, you don't know if your kid needs you or if they're in a position where they really can't communicate with the adult because they're afraid or what, what have you. I, I agree with that. I think there's also a fine line between social media and them having a cell phone. I think those are two very different topics and I don't know when Grace would be able to have social media, I think it would kind of have, or even Jack, I think it's going to have to be a maturity thing when they're able to fully comprehend the fact that what you were saying exactly, like what they, what they put out there is permanent. So if they say something in their naive childish way, but it's like offensive or it's something that's like totally not appropriate, but they don't even fully grasp why or what it is that they're saying, how inappropriate it is. They can't take that back. And I also think that there's a, there's a very dangerous slippery slope with the online hiding behind a keyboard and bullying. And I don't really want them to be a, not, not to not be a part of it, but just to not obviously not to be a bully, but that's a dangerous thing too, to see. I don't know. I, there's been a lot of, I've, I've heard a lot about how kids are a lot more they're comfortable sitting behind a keyboard and tearing people apart because they don't have to be face to face. So, I mean, I'm not that far removed from from that error, I suppose. I, I mean, I can honestly sit here and say that, yeah, I experienced bullying on social media as a young teenager. They even had these websites. I cannot remember what it was called. Oh, Formspring. Do you remember that? No. So there was this website called Formspring and you would have an account and people would be able to go post anonymously on your Formspring. And it was awful. It was absolutely terrible. People it was basically like you had this feed and people would comment an anonymous post onto your feed. And you can imagine that people just took this as an opportunity to say mean and rotten and terrible things about other people that you were friends with or you went to school with. And it was really terrible. And I mean, we've all heard the stories about how young kids have literally committed suicide after being bullied online. So I hope that things have changed a little bit in the last 10. When did I graduate high school? 2012. So that was how many years ago was that? (laughs) Well, we're in 2021. So nine years, right? Yeah, nine years. So almost a decade ago. I would hope that, you know, in 10 years worth of time that schools have come out with like some policies or whatever to combat social media bullying and things like that. Because I remember that was a pretty new territory when, when I was in school. It was a hard thing for schools to monitor or how much of it could they really have a say in. But I'm sure that by the time my kid is of high school age and Grace has a few more years before she's in high school, but middle school, I'm sure there probably are kids her age who have social media. No, there are. And I think a lot of those kids, their parents kind of monitor what's going on. I don't know that I would ever allow her to have like free reign. Like I, I could see myself allowing her to have like an Instagram that she doesn't have the password to, which is awful, but her being like, Oh, let me take a picture. And, it, and if she wants to post it, 
I'll help her make sure it's an appropriate picture and an appropriate caption and then allow her to post it. So that way she can still communicate and kind of have a social presence without necessarily really having free reign of it. I, I don't know. It's just the permanence of, of the online world, never mind social media, is like so terrifying to me, especially being a young child who still doesn't know the difference. Like sometimes she'll say things or she'll like she'll we watch the office. So my husband and I say a lot of that's what she said. And she'll say that. And I don't think she fully grasps what it means when she's yelling out. That's what she said, but it's certainly not something I want her posting on a social media. Like, that's what she said. Like, no, my kid doesn't get what she's saying, but it doesn't make it okay for her to say it. It, It's just, it's such a difficult thing. And another thing, a lot of schools is she's in fourth grade. And I think even before fourth grade, they had the students create their own emails and they have access to their own emails and they have a way to communicate that way. And some of them, you were using Google Classroom, which there was like chat groups for that. But it's it's very overwhelming as a parent to have a child who, an adolescent who is getting ready to kind of enter that phase of life, knowing what, you know, what happens at this age. When is it appropriate? It's definitely a conversation that I have with my mom friends who have kids similar ages. Like I know one of my mom friends, her daughter has TikTok. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't even like Grace look at TikTok. Like, and she's, she'll find it sometimes like on the TV, mind you. I don't know how she does it on the TV. Like now I sound like an old person. Like she's looking up TikTok on the TV, but she is. She'll like go through like, she's like watching YouTube on the TV. I'm like, get off of, like, why do you <laughs> care that this kid is making slime for the hundredth time? That's not interesting at all. You're melting your brain. Go do something else. But I mean, so, some parents are okay with it. And that's totally up to them. But you just got to be so careful because you're a click away from like so, so bad sites and inappropriate sites. And there are predators out there waiting for children, like waiting. Oh yeah. I agree. I 100% agree. It's just hard for me because I still feel like I'm a kid sometimes. And I can't imagine if I was in high school and my parents would have tried to tell me that I couldn't have social media. I sound like a brat right now, but I'm being completely honest. Yeah, but they did in the first, in the beginning. I don't know how old we were, but. Oh yeah. They did tell us I that. Remember that. How old were we? Right. Seventh grade? Fifth grade. Oh, it was fifth grade? No, maybe it was older. It had to have been sixth or seventh grade. You're right. <laughs> so let's tell this story. Do you want to share? No, it? let's not, not the full story. Basically our parents didn't want us to have it. We went behind their backs. We created one. We both got in trouble. I think we deleted it. And then literally it was like six months later Then our parents were like, okay, you can have social media. Why would you make such a big deal about this? And then now you're like, oh, it's fine. You can have it. Like our moms discovered Facebook and they were like, oh, it's cool. I remember I had just, I had just gotten an iPod and I was so excited about it. And then I, we got grounded because we weren't allowed to. What kind of iPod? Cause that makes a difference. iPod shuffle, iPod touch. Which one was it? It was just the old iPod. It wasn't a shuffle or a touch. It was the old school iPod. Just the music, the, the, the square one that was like a brick and it was heavy. Yes. Yes. It wasn't like the original, but it was one of the originals. I don't think it had another name. It was just an iPod. But anyways, I remember I got the iPod for Christmas. Keanu and I created a MySpace account. We were not allowed to have it. Somehow we got caught that we had the MySpace. I got grounded from the computer for, I think, like six months, maybe longer And obviously you had to go on the computer to download music from iTunes onto your iPod. So I would only be allowed like 15 minutes a week to go on iTunes to get a few songs. And it was so sad. (laughs) You and your Green Day albums and your Eminem. What what, what were the albums? You you list, you had the Green Day albums. You had the Eminem. 
what was the what was the eminent curtain call it was, no it was encore i believe encore i remember that encore and those the one with the red curtain behind him and green day was dookie and it was just kind of like a comic almost looked like a comic book i remember that and our oh, mom's like freaking cover. out and- i mean if i'm being honest though green day and m M&M, especially eminem that is not really super appropriate but but did we die? No. Or did we make it? Yes. Is Eminem a legend? Yes. And so you ask, not according to my husband. Hey, to each, to each their own. I'm an Eminem fan. I'm an Eminem fan. I like Eminem. Well, you know it. Of course you do. You had one of his first albums. For sure. I think you were the one that showed me Eminem. Really? You might have. I, how else would I? My parents only listen to country. Yeah. That's all I was allowed. That and Ace of Bass. Come on. Well, it seems like we might be nearing our end again. This one's a little bit shorter of an episode, but it's definitely an important episode for friends and family and even other moms to just talk about as moms in this golden age, figuring out what is safe for our kids and what do you do and how, how did you do it? And moving forward, what I wonder what Facebook and social media and all of that will look like. I know Grace with her Nintendo Switch, there's like, video games that the kids have chats on and that's like a whole nother world for sure it it's kind of scary but it's also interesting too because we are kind of becoming those I don't want to say old but we are older than the generations of kids who are now using social media and it's just kind of become something that's second nature for them and they're really growing with it whereas we kind of maybe getting left behind a little bit and being like what's the newest and latest social media platform not sure but Definitely looking forward to hearing from all of you and seeing what you guys think is appropriate or what do you allow for screen time or for social media for your own kids. Yeah, feel free to comment on the episode and we'd love to continue the conversation there. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.